And we are back. Thank you for joining us for another edition of The Dots. Here, as always, he's back in the Batcave. Mr. Chase Taylor of the Brain Trust is with us. Uh, Speaking of the Batcave, do we have an Alfred? I need one of those. Yeah. If you find one, get me one too. Um, <clears throat> so, um, so apparently, as we were, as I was struggling through this yesterday without you here, um, I was refer- I was talking about how it was ama- it, it was it was interesting to me that a twenty year bond auction doesn't really matter, and that the earnings of one tech company drive the entire market now. Um, furthermore. You know, I knew I, I I haven't really done any valuation work on NVIDIA. And just for those that don't know, NVIDIA uh, announced yesterday stocks up what another fifteen percent today. It added two hundred and seventy-seven billion in value today, <laughs> and it closed up sixteen point three eight percent. So it basically moved today about. Uh, would it be fair to say about six x their annual revenue run run rate? Not, not. I'm not talking about the twelve years. I'm saying if you say, if you average out the last three quarters, well, more if, more than that. Yeah, today. Yeah, Q1 is going to be what it was a 21 billion. So you're like 11 x that or something like. So to put for, it for a quarter, and I hadn't done any fundamental work on it because it's like. Uh, what's a good analogy you go to buy a car and it's got a hole in the floor and rust spots all over it you're probably not taking it to your mechanic to see if it's really you know see if it's solid right so and i'm not saying nvidia is certainly not a broken car what i'm saying is i haven't got i haven't taken time to break down the valuation because i knew it was insane right but to put this in perspective guys for nvidia to grow into this market cap they have to maintain 55 percent margins for the next decade while 10 xing their revenue from here from here now so that would put them at 600 billion in 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 chip sales the entire world sold 580 billion in chips last year now chase i think it's safe to say that chip sales are going to go up i yeah that's where, for sure <laughs> How I don't even know what question to ask right now, (laughs) (laughs) other than the fact that I will say this, it looks like the blast off scenario that we're having and let it run us down the indexes too. I'm skipping past that. What did the market do today? Yeah. So S&P, NASDAQ 100 and uh, the Dow all closed at all time highs. S&P up 2.1%. NASDAQ, NASDAQ 100, that is uh, just below 3% up day. We were at 3% for a good chunk. Mag7 up 4.7%. And remember, those are the biggest companies in the world. So for them to do that in a day is uh, it's aggressive. Um, the, dollar was, it's aggressive. the dollar was flat. Two-year up about four basis points. The, the 10 was flat, which that, that's something we should touch on. The, the, long, the long bond not caring about this is to me is uh, it's questionable at best. Um, but yeah, that's where we where we stood. Oil was up a little bit today. Okay, well, I've got a thought why the long bond might not really be reacting. Go on. On a day like today, I'm not sure if he said it today or yesterday. I posted on my Twitter feed for those of you who'd like to follow at KYR Radio and at PineconeMacro.com. The other dude, I've been meaning I've been forgetting to do this for a very long time because I don't think we've ever talked about this. 
if you got the way Chase and I started working together is I subscribed to his what what was the first I subscribed initially to the first level. Yeah, Cascade, I believe you. Yeah, the Cascade. Well, <clears throat> to tell you what I think about his research, I think I subscribed to the Cascade four years ago. He now works for us running our research department. So you guys can get this stuff by going to pinecronemacro.com, right? Or, Indeed. Yep. And you've got different levels. So if you're a home gamer, like we always talk about, we want we want to disseminate. We manage money, but we want to disseminate information that everybody else can use. Chase is very much the same way. So you can buy the same research effectively that we're using. Um, and I, I don't really think that you can endorse something more than to say that you liked the research enough to fire, hire him full time. So 40, take, 40 and slip folks. Yeah. I, yeah. So, so take that for what you will, but, but that there, there, there we go. Okay. So <clears throat> switching around to what we were talking about, um, and I posted on my Twitter feed and I'm not sure I didn't, I didn't read the article. I just read the snippet. I'm being a classic social media person. <laughs> Uh, Did you get the Twitter thing? Says you sure you, you sure you don't want to read? No, the it didn't first? give me that. It didn't give me that. So I so I thought it always it makes safe. me feel like a fraud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I but it, it was like I think it was Business Insider or something like that. So, uh, but anyway, I guess what is Harker's first name? I believe John. Is it Tom? John? I believe. I believe Tom. Yeah, the only one that has the out there name is Jerome. Right. Every if you're on the FOMC, it has to be Tom. He goes, Stan. He goes by Jay for a reason. Yeah. Exactly. Jerome, that is a funny, yeah, it cracks me up. Anyway, um, either today or yesterday into this tape, into rising inflation rates, he said he thinks it's appropriate to start pulling back the interest rate level. Yeah, so I, it couldn't have been the day. So it had to have been, it had to been the speech like a day or two ago. And I thought, I thought broadly speaking, he, he made sense. Um, so him, he must have had a, a a throwaway line in there where he said, you know, Hey, we're getting there or something like that. But Jefferson predicted later this year, and I'm quoting from Harker. Uh, hold on. Let me get to the quote. So yeah, Jefferson had one this morning. I here, here he is. So, so Harker is this, he said this, well, it was the, the article was posted today. Oh, he said it today. It was a speech he gave Thursday. The quote is, I do believe we may be near the point where we can adjust the policy rate downward, but when we will actually arrive at that point, I cannot yet say. I will signal my belief that we're ready for a rate decrease when all the data, both the hard and the soft, give me that signal. That's dovish. I I just cannot believe they're even whispering the word rate cut into this tape and into rising inflation. So one one thing I'll say there is – it became to me. It's starting. It's starting to look like at least now more, more than any time I can remember. The FOMC seems split, like where people are actually having different opinions all of a sudden. But what I have kind of noticed is it seems like they've made their mind up. They're going to do this, and now they're going to try to square peg the round hole on the communication side. Which I actually argued with uh, Nick Tamareos about this the other day on Twitter. But so we've had Goolsby, which we already talked about that on the show where he's clearly already making ridiculous excuses to cut. Um, Then Jefferson today basically said, well, this is, wouldn't be unprecedented to, you know, essentially cut into strength before things get bad. And he cited 1995, which honestly, like if you're going to make an analog for like getting away with it, that, that, that's the one to make. Like, that's not a crazy take. Um, I I still think it's more like 98 personally than 95, but um how could you even make that assertion that it's like 95? Just look at valuations. 
the market was going up then. Not It wasn't crazy like it is now, but the market was going up. Um, financial conditions had eased, not like they just did, but they had eased. Um, inflation was still three. The C- headline CPI was three when they cut. So like, I I get his point on, on 95. Now, I think it's a short-sighted point. And if you look harder, it's more like 98 for sure. But but that goes back to what we were talking about. Like, hey, like they're just not paying enough attention to financial conditions here and financial stability risk. But I will say on that, we, we said on the show yesterday, it hadn't even been like a tiny smoke signal from anyone at the Fed that, to show concern about that. But um, going through the minutes from the last meeting, now, none of the members of the FOMC did, but the staff said basically, hey, like uh, markets look overvalued and that and that is a risk. So at least I could be proud of the Fed staff for having a brain. How do you walk me through this? Because I'm having a very – I saw that Harker article. I saw that quote, especially the fact that it was today. And I'm looking at markets right now and looking at inflation data and look, and then listening to what these guys are saying and going, I can't square it. What, what, what are – why would you – what's going on? What, a Fed – you would never – this is such a break from precedent. Like meaning – I, I, and maybe I'm wrong. I, I just, I am shocked that when you watch this market going up the way it is and what's going up the way it is and looking at valuations and looking at all these different things, how is that not a concern? Yeah. By the way, I thought you were talking about barking for some, or uh, for some reason, uh, not, not Harker. Um, so now, now it makes more sense. Um, I think one of one of the, so I think one of the main problems here. And they actually might mean this, which is absurd. But I think that they actually think the neutral rate of inflation hasn't moved since basically the pandemic, which is hard for me to wrap my head around. That seems patently absurd. Bill Dudley just he had a he had a op ed and and for Bloomberg very recently, basically saying he thinks it's higher. Um, I mean, to me, it's obviously higher. If you're going to run deficits as big as this, if you're going to do the stimulus we did, if you're going to have the the clear heat and in the economy and productivity expansion that we've had like no like you don't get to say that the the neutral inflation is what it was going into this like it's obviously going to be higher but if you think if you think neutral inflation is two and a half and you're at five and a half you think you're three percent above right and and once you whip inflation you better get it back down or you're gonna blow up the economy so that's where they're at i i it's pretty clear to me you know the neutral rate of inflation is probably in the threes at least and hey maybe i'm wrong um, and this was a point, and, and I just bought the book today. Um, there's a book that just came out about the Fed that you would love. It's a little critical. Um, and and the, the guy like kind of talks about uh, when it comes to like this thinking on, on the neutral rate. W- one way of looking at it, if you go back to the late 90s, like we've been talking about every day for the last couple of weeks, is well, when the market rips, when you start talking about or or doing the rate cuts – that might be telling you like, well, the neutral rate's higher than you think it is. And I, w- I think that's a, a spot on point. Like you're talking about going for five and a half to like a, a touch under uh, under five. And the market is just un- completely just taking the anchor up and just flooring it. That should tell you, no, no, no. The neutral rate's not two and a half. It's more and we need to like slow down here, take a harder look. Does, does it have any implications I'm really Which is, again really, is why the long the long bond to me the yield should be a lot it should be moving higher right now. 
I'm selfishly speaking, I'm really hoping that this plays into my thesis that inflation is understated. I, does that does that does that support? Yeah, that? I, I think I think it makes sense in that light for sure. So let's say, or, or that growth is as strong as it looks, even though there's things that tell us eh, it doesn't seem like it. But or both could be true. Like, hey, we're well, the deficit backs that up, right? Growth really is this strong, and 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 hey, maybe maybe even inflation isn't understated. It's just really the the computation of the year over year stuff, just kind of flattering it. Like, hey, you had oil go down a bunch, and you had a bunch of deflation come out of China. Like, yeah, that'll flatter the numbers, especially with good base effects for six nine months. But it to me, it's clear we're already turning higher on inflation. Ah, speaking of, real quick, let me get this out. Now, hey, what I will say though, I I don't want to forget this. I don't mean to interrupt you. Hold on to that thought. Uh, I didn't look at the rate, but I saw another headline today that thirty year mortgage is back at its high. How is the thirty year mortgage back at its high if the thirty year isn't ripping? I don't believe it's back. Now it has gone higher, but I don't think it's back to like a new high. No, no, I didn't say like a new high, but the article again headline. It was quick. It was in between looking at different things. I didn't have time to stop at it, but I just saw a blurb that uh, mortgage rates back to near they're, high, they're, they're highest like a, level. They're at like a two, three year, two or three month high. But so no, where, are no. they, where are we at on a thirty year? Now, the, and the spread has widened a tiny bit, but nothing crazy. I have to look. Okay, well, you can pull that up anyway. Um, I was just sitting there thinking. I mean, because I, I know that mortgage rates are not solely determined by the thirty year. No, it did more. It, it really uh, goes to the ten year, right? Because that's the effective duration. We're at six. I'm showing six point nine percent on a fixed rate thirty. Yeah, and you got up to like seven and a half, didn't you? At one point, we got all the way up to almost eight. So, Oof. but it's moving back higher again. Yeah, and it's like a two three month high, which is I mean, it's not nothing, but I, I just I'm looking. I think at- it will go to a new high because I think I think the thirty years going to go to a new high. But that's that's the point I'm making. Like, so we keep we keep telling everyone, hey. Financial conditions are like if you're picturing an 18 wheeler, they're the truck. The economy is the trailer, mm-hmm. and financial conditions are the truck. They're going to mm-hmm. drag this thing. Mm-hmm. So if you view it that way, well, the the market blasting to a new high today. What does that mean? The economy is going to get hot, hotter, and you look back at the bond yield, and you're like, oh, you're wrong. Like you need to go higher too. So th- that's one of the reasons. Like, so a 30 year yield was down two basis points on a day where the max seven's at five percent. To me, that's just wrong. No, and here's the pickle. It, right, long ends pushing higher. Fed needs to cut. Like the people, like, I think the Fed cutting will just nuke the long end. The, the long end is going to say, "Oh no, you didn't," and it's going to be like, "I'll I'll do it for you." You think if the Fed cuts, they lose control of the long end? I do. So me, me and Jason, my, my good buddy, uh, yep, I remember him. We, yeah. we we argued about that forever. Jason P. Yep he, he that that's been his position for like the last year, and I are push back, push back, push back. But I thought we were going to go into a recession too, but. Um, now that we've gotten here, I'm like, oh no, he's right. Like that is exactly how this is going to go. Huh? Now it will go that way until they have to, you know, federal staff would step back in and right? start but, buying but, along it. You know, you may get to six or seven before they are like, okay, here, here's the money gun. I just don't, here's the thing. Why I just, why I think this, we, we know, we know for a fact, and, and if you don't agree with this, you're just not paying attention. We know for a fact, they will not tolerate drinking the medicine and taking the hard way out. Right. When you look at that, all I see like that, the long bond goes higher. If the long bond goes higher, like we're talking about, if they lose control of the long end, you know what happens next. They step in and start buying it. Yeah. They'll effectively cap it at some point. But 
And then there's another injection of liquidity into this thing. I, I don't think we might, we may not be looking at one. We may be looking at several liquidity injections over the next year and a half, despite what's going on. Yeah. And they, that's why like you, if you're them, like it's time to act. It's time to take the, take the punch bowl. It's time to like try to deflate asset prices, you know, it, it, like in a, in a really orderly chill way. What do they do? See, th- this is what we were talking about a year ago. What do they do here? Because you you can't hike. You got to you got to understand the problem to fix it. And I don't. I just I'm not convinced they really understand it. Because if they do what they, if no, they, they can't hike. They you can't, can't really hike, can. or you're going to blow up. I mean, the, every every basis point the yields go higher, the default issue gets worse. Right, and and even even the people just tied to SOFR, which is not it's not an insignificant amount of capital. What are they going to do? I think they're going to do nothing for the next three or four months, and they're just going to stare at it and. And it just depends on what really it all it all comes down to what 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 asset prices do. If they if they realize what was going on, they would pull liquidity, get asset prices down, and then that you could actually cut rates and stuff. But I don't. I I'm looking at this thing going, and maybe it's and only the Fed staff cares. Now may, maybe they do, and they just ain't gonna say it. But maybe it's because we're practitioners and they're not. But I'm looking and going. If you can't feel the train leaving the station right now, I, I and again. Like you and I said, it's terrifying because we know what the underlying picture really is. And you know that at any moment, this could evaporate at the same time. I mean, you could feel it. I mean, it's this baby wants to run. Yeah. And when you win it and people are like, what's wrong with that? Because guys, the underlying conditions do not justify it at all. And the higher you go, I, we've been saying all along, look, this isn't going to end in an 80% market drop. This happens if this scenario plays out. That stuff's back on the table. Maybe not eighty. Yeah, you triple in two years, and then and then uh, oh yeah, over fifty is like firmly on the table. <sighs> not, not only that, you would need it, but but it would also do immense damage. When you think about the the average retirement account, what happens there, and like because then then you start playing with oh eight housing. No, no, yeah, that ain't ninety nine then. That because that's every because yeah, ninety nine like it was a pretty chill recession then two thousand like wasn't that big a deal? Well, and that's what you and I were arguing a year ago. Hey. Look, you can get out of this. You can fix all your problems. Just let this baby slip into recession, pull the punch bowl, get valuations down, and we come out the other side and everything's they wouldn't do it. If if we keep ramping, it'll be interesting to see if any of anyone on the FOMC starts to talk about it. Like the, the staff highlighted it, which wasn't hey, at least they did that. Like that's step one, I guess. Will will any of them say anything? Now, it won't change anything. That that I've learned, well, it would be new if it changed something. Over the years, the Fed has like often talked about, ooh, we're worried about this pocket of overvaluation in, in X, and that it never slows X down. It doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it would this time. Um, going back to what I was going to talk about, and this was more on the 98 um, analog. So the last four times this, is, this has happened in history where you had a quarter that this violent of financial conditions easing, of asset prices going up essentially – when you when you were when you had that quarter in history, you were averaging 033 percent inflation in that quarter that it happened. One year later, you were over three percent. So huge jump in inflation for oil. Going into that quarter, you were or in that quarter, you were thirty seven dollars. A year later, you're fifty three. For the ISM, you were under forty nine. A year later, you were fifty nine. And for unemployment rate, you were eight and a half percent to six point three percent a year later. So just full stop, when you do this to 
financial conditions historically the last four times, every single time the economy gets much stronger, inflation goes up, full stop. Which so that tells me if you're going to cut um, or continue to even you know threaten two three cuts or whatever into an economy that probably is going to get strong like that. And if you look at say like ISM going to fifty nine sounds crazy right now, but clearly to me like we're at least headed to mid fifties this year. No man, and everybody's juiced back up. I mean, you've driven asset prices up, Bitcoin back over fifty thousand. You've refilled everybody's tank, right? And without without bonds carrying it. So without oil, oil hasn't gone up enough to like pinch anything yet. So like you're just, I will, I do blue sky right here. No, I do say that. And that's why we've, I mean that obviously, and you've had a big part in it, but that's why we've reduced our bond exposure drastically because they're going to be a wonderful play at some point. But the way you look at it now, I just, it, it feels like the only thing that brings this to a head is a pop higher in yields. Like Jason was talking about you know, them losing control of the 30 year. And I just think until you see a break higher in yields, I just don't think you can really touch duration here. I just, it feels like that rubber band is just getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And it, it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. where just that pop is going to come. Um, it'll be fascinating to see what that happens because I don't, if, 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 if we're right and the train is leaving the station, I think it's entirely possible. The stock market it completely ignores it for a little while. I yeah, mean, I mean that's kind of what it what it tends, tends to often do. Yeah, I mean we we didn't even blink at that bought that that auction the other day. Didn't even blink at it. I no, mean you said it and, did and, for like twenty minutes. And the twenty year went right back to where it came from. Nobody like, cared at one point today, which and it was a pretty. I mean it was a three point three basis point tail. That's that's big. Like that is not a good sign. Well, we got to run. Anything else? What do we got coming up this week? Anything else? Uh, we're we're done for the week on meaningful data. So we're just bubble watching right now. Yep. So guys, yeah, the playbook is there. I mean, if this keeps going. Mm. you know that's where you got to have the bubble playbook where you got to head both sides of it yeah you, it, that's the thing both tails are huge right yep now. and if you're doing this at home this is also not a time where you want to be obsessed with uh relative performance to the market okay, the goal at this point if this keeps playing out the way it is i think it's really safe to say to look at valuations and everything like that that we're at that point where i think obviously we want to be able to keep up and benefit from the bubble but i think the the vast majority of attention it would be better spent concentrating on how to get out the other side in one piece uh because this looks like it wants to get just saucy we're 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 not very far away from you know the market being up 10 percent every week or two and we're and we're one bad thing away from from a liquidity event to the downside it's yeah just, it's that simple it's tough yeah all right you guys so with that being said have a phenomenal night <laughs> and, uh yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll be back with the regular show. Got it dialed up for you. And um, yeah, we'll see how things play out tomorrow. Until then, you're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.